0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. God to give him praise and uh, to give him thanks. Uh, Just a couple of things before we just uh, move into the word this morning. Um, Firstly, as uh, Julie's already alluded to, and uh, excuse me, we'll be part of the ministry this morning. We're going to be encouraging people in a season of prayer and fasting And just to say that on your way out, uh, there'll be two uh, pieces of literature given to you, free. One is a uh, prayer first um, help uh, in terms of some types of prayer that you can engage in. If you've had one before, take one fresh. And the other one is often to seek to answer the question, well, what do I pray for? And uh, during the week, uh, Monday to Saturday, Monday praying for church, Tuesday praying for community, Friday praying for the nation, Saturday praying for the world. There's just some little paragraphs there to help you in what to pray for. So at the door, John and Sandy and the team will be handing one of those out. Please take it. Uh, Some of the things that I'm not going to have time to open up this morning in terms of, uh, if you like, the mechanics of prayer and fasting are in the book, Practical Helps. So please read it, please absorb it, that's for you afterwards. And as Alpha is starting, so two weeks on Thursday night is the Arena Ministry School starting, which we're going to run for 12 weeks, Thursday night, Friday. There's still time to enrol. There's some leaflets available at the resource desk. And if anybody needs to talk to me afterwards also, please feel free to do so. That's a pioneering new uh, uh, leadership development uh, initiative in our church, and we really are believing that God's going to bless it. And we're all already thankful for people that have signed up. So, still time—two uh, weeks on Thursday—and uh, we trust that you will have uh, a great time in uh, responding to that. One final thing, just as we come to the Word this morning, we're all very aware it's the first Sunday of the year, 2019, and all I would ask uh, people around this uh, room as we're as we're praying is that people would make a commitment to pray for the ministry of the word every week. It's quite a daunting task and I've been doing it for a long time now, but to sit with a senior ministry team and understand that we are responsible for the next 52 Sundays, uh, even when we're on holiday. Um, uh, And so uh, I I say this carefully, but it's easy to take it for granted. We We have a baker in our church. I don't know whether he's here this morning, but the reality is it's no good going to the shop where he works and he said well you know that bread I did on December the 8th but it'll be all right you know Um, because it won't be all right it'll be stale and so fresh bread fresh bread fresh bread the subject we're dealing with this morning if you've been a Christian any length of time um, you will have heard a message on this subject but this morning we're praying that it will come fresh so pray for the ministry pray for people perhaps that will be ministering from this platform that are are callow in their journey, are developing, that God will bless them. Uh, Pray for those more experienced that week by week it will be fresh bread that will minister to lives. We'll see salvations, restorations, instruction, encouragement, and empowerment for the glory of God. So this morning, as we begin the message, uh, we're looking over the next four weeks, the four Sundays of of January, which will then take us to a a vision season, simply uh, on this subject of don't. Forget, don't forget, and um, uh, in the context of, uh, of, uh, of um, uh, our, our time together, it's sometimes good to go back to things that we feel that we know well, but to be reminded of so that God can just draw something fresh out of us. And the exact title of this morning is not only Don't Forget, but you won't be surprised to know that it's Don't Forget Prayer. And fasting, if I could go up, please. Thank you. There we go. Don't forget prayer and fasting. I'm going to read some verses from Matthew chapter 6. And if you'd like just to listen, then that will be great. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through to 18. If we could put that up as well, just as a reference. Thank you. There we go. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus is... Uh, ministering on the side of a mountain. 5, 6 and 7 of Matthew is described as the sermon on the mount. He's ministering freeing uh, truths. He's ministering a, a landscape of what it truly means to be a follower of him. Not debilitating burdening rules that the people were used to but freeing, liberating rule of Jesus as the King over our lives. Arena Church, we often say, is not into religion. It's not into grinding people into the grounds, of asking people to curl up in a ball and somehow prove by self effort that they're good enough for God. As we did at Christmas, we're not. But we encourage people to give their lives to Jesus. And make him not only saviour of their lives, but Lord and King. And it liberates us in truth, because truth always sets us free, to be truly followers of the Lord. And here in these verses that I'm going to read, Jesus reminds the people of the power of prayer and fasting. Now he's writing it in a context of saying to people, don't be hypocrites, don't do it for show. As we come to fasting, if, you, if you're engaging in fasting over, sometime over this next 21 days, don't be telling everybody. Wipe your face, wash your face, put a smile on, and do it. That's what he says. No, it's not about show. He put outward. It's about the inward expression of our heart. So here's what Jesus says. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into a room, close the door, pray to your father who's unseen, and what your father sees in secret, he will reward you. Some translations say openly. And when you pray, do not be like the babbling pagans, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. But don't be like them. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, As we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We often forget the next bit. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. In other words, friends, unforgiveness puts a lid on our lives for us to carry the momentum of what we're supposed to engage in with the father I, I got the unforgiveness file out again this week as i was getting this message ready there are people in my life who i don't want to forgive it makes me feel better in my carnality not to but god says he's not going to hear me Woo. so they're forgiven they're forgiven they don't deserve it they don't merit it uh, but they're forgiven they're forgiven And then he goes on to say, And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. What's up with you? I'm fasting. (laughs) I tell you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your face. Wash, get that oil over you, lay going. Wash your face. (laughs) And I'm talking to the fellas, so that when you will not be obvious to others. You are fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen, and your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you openly. Yes. openly. Prayer and fasting. So, Jesus is speaking here, and he's speaking instruction and inspiration. And, of course, the, the challenge for any preacher this morning would to be seeking to... Uh, Run with these two subjects in our allotted time. It's almost impossible. I'm going to put some slides up to help you. Um, those of you who like to take notes, those of you like to see something visual before you, and that will help us just to move the word on and for us to absorb all that God wants to say this morning. Julie's led us so well in terms of reminding us why we're doing uh, this season. It's part of the rhythm now, the spiritual rhythm of Arena Church. Uh, uh, it's about our first. It's about recognising that uh, prayer is our first response and not our last resort. And uh, we join with prayer movements all across the earth, particularly at this time of the year, early January, many uh, churches, large and small, and many prayer movements engaging in a specific season of reaching out to God. It was interesting that Julie used the word tradition Uh, regarding breaking of bread and it's absolutely true that uh, tradition can be a bad thing a negative thing it can be something of the past that we're forever uh uh, holding on to someone says if nothing changes nothing changes and uh you got that one I think but 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 it's true and so traditions of we used to do it like this bum 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 they're not good but traditions that are a thread of spirituality through history they are breaking of bread of course being one Another one is, the, is, is prayer. And uh, so I, I've got the Book of Common Prayer. You didn't know I was a closet Anglican, but anyway. Um, and uh, this was first written in 1549. Not this particular one, otherwise I'd be taking it to Antiques Roadshow and getting a lot of money for it. But, but not this particular one. But 1549, nearly 500 years of a tradition of prayer. So if you go into an Anglican church... And you see on the board, the fourth after Trinity. I don't have a clue what it means. But in here, there's a prayer for the fourth after Trinity. Okay, there's prayers for Easter, there's prayers. All, all prayers. They're, they're, they're not extemporary prayers. That's prayers which we're used to with, with prayers we go. They're said prayers. But it doesn't mean they don't have a gravity. It doesn't mean that they don't have a purpose. Um, so that's the book of common prayer. It reflects a tradition of prayer. And we're picking up on that. Now, uh, I'm going to put a definition of prayer up on the board for you. Thank you. Now, this definition I like because it's very easy for me as a preacher to say, well, prayer is talking to God. Um, Of course it is. But I'm trying to capture something more of the relational essence of prayer. So I'll read it to you. Prayer is a way of relating to the living God. To ourselves and to those around us, in opening our heart, our soul, and our mind to God, not to nothing, but to God, we, where we are challenged to grow, change, and love. Let me just say, if somebody's telling me they're praying two hours a day, and they don't show Jesus in their life, I don't believe them. Because when you pray, you inevitably change. It's not just about talking to God. It's God impacting our lives. Now, let me just say right at the beginning that the easiest thing for the preacher to do is to condemn the people. We all ought to be praying more. As one of my friends said once to somebody in his church, when he said, we ought to be praying more, pastor. He says, well, how much? uh, 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 uh. We didn't have an answer. We all, we understand that. We understand that things get in the way. Let me just mention a few. Sleep. You see, I fell asleep praying. Oh, come on, it's not just me, surely. You know. Um, what about, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes, and 30 seconds into the 30 minutes, the phone pings. And how many of you can't resist looking at the phone? You know, I mean, turn the phone off, you know. But I've been there, you know. And it seems as though it's important, but surely it can wait. But what about the kids? Those of you still got kids? You decide you want to pray, and all of a sudden they want to knock six bells out of each other. You know, it's. And you get distracted. Work! In this church, we have people that reflect a 24 7 culture. We have people that work nights. We have people that work late evenings. We have people that are up at the crack of dawn. We understand all of this. You know, as you're putting your cornflakes down, not tomorrow, you know, because it's a prayer and fasting season, but. As you're putting your cornflakes down, you know, you're racing off to work. You forgot to pray. You feel as though the sword of Damocles is going to come down. It's not. It's not. God's okay. It's okay. But we build rhythms into our lives. Let me read this to you. It's from Max Licardo, a brilliant writer. And Max Licardo says, "Uh, Hello, my name is Max. I'm a recovering prayer wimp. I doze off when I pray. My thoughts zigzag and then they zig again distractions swarm like gnats on a summer night if attention deficit disorder applies to prayer I am afflicted when I pray I think of a thousand things I need to do I forget the one thing I set out to do Pray. (laughs) who'd like this little book 40 prayers and 40 readings right at the back okay you've got 40 40 days to pray okay (laughs) With the help of Max Lucado, Who'd like this one? Try praying. It's got some, right at the back. There we go. This one's a little, few little stories about praying, okay? The only thing I'm asking you to do is to read it during the next 21 days. Who wants to laugh by reading Jeff Lucas on, on prayer? There we go. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yeah. Who wants, I'm going to give this to a mum, too busy to pray. A mum that's trying, okay, whoa. There we go, right. This one's a, a, a veteran Bible teacher, Roger Foster. Uh, Forster, rather. Ichthus Fellowship. Prayer. Who wants that one? Right there, Stephen. You'll love it. There you go. Thank you. Uh, please, who is our health and safety officer? Please do not come, <laughs> and, see, come and see me afterwards. <laughs> They're on the way. Years ago, I did a story about this. is a complete... A t- CT stud, a brilliant cricketer, and I had sweets, and I will banging them. <laughs> You can't, I can't do it anymore, you know. <laughs> Who wants to be praying that they'll overcome discouragement? You feel discouraged. You'd like some help in overcoming. Right there, thank you. There's some prayer helps. Who feels sometimes they're going through a tempting time and they'd like to overcome temptation? Any, right, okay, there we go. <laughs> Who's perhaps fearful, as Kev was mentioning in. in uh, there we go, Pam. Right. Who's angry about something? would like some help. Right, there we go. Whoa. Who sometimes feels they have a pride issue? Right, just behind you. Sorry, Alan. Sorry. It wasn't a word of the... You know. Who's tried to navigate afresh their finances this year? You'd like some help with it? Right there, Kath. Kath. And the last one... Sometimes you you still struggle at times with materialism. You feel that you're more important. It's things rather than God. Anybody like some help with that one? Overcoming. There we go. All I'm asking you to do is to read them in the next 21 days, to apply them to your life and to pray that God will bless you. Because he's trying to help us with all of those distractions which every one of us live with. Max Lucado in that book says that prayer is not the art of the chosen few. When we used to meet people in church and they say, Pastor, I'm an intercessor. <laughs> the, eyebrows, the eyebrows are narrow lately. Here's the truth. If you pray for somebody else this next season, you are interceding. That's all it means. Standing on behalf of somebody else. Prayer is not the preserve of a few, but prayer is for all of us to engage in. Now then, in our reading in Matthew chapter six, um, there were some prayer principles that got flagged up. And uh, if we can put those up, thank you. And the prayer principles come from what we know as the Lord's prayer. It's actually the people's prayer. I don't want to split ears, but the Lord's prayer is John 17 where he prays for unity, he prays that we'll we'll be in the world. This is the people's prayer. And, you know, it's a great prayer. In our type of church, sometimes we get sniffy about this prayer. Oh, we don't want to be saying the Lord's Prayer. We want to be inspired. We want to be out of people's hearts. I want to tell you, if you pray this every day for the next 21 days, God's going to do something. Now, I've got to be probably the only person in this church, when I'm driving around, doing different things. So at quarter to 10 on a morning, if I'm in the car, listen to the morning service. Now, it can be a bit hard work at times because it's not only Anglicans, but it's Anglican swinging stuff and you know all, all them songs. But sometimes you'll get a worship song. You're a good, good father. I remember listening to it once. It came from the waiting detention center at Gatwick Airport. And there have been people there for months We've got to worship the Lord and praise God and give thanks. I'm weeping in the car. But every morning, they pray the Lord's Prayer. And if I'm in the car, I don't know who's next to me at the traffic lights, but I'm saying it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And uh, I just find the principles of this prayer are amazing. So they're principles. Let me make another confession. When I was at school, we used to have assembly every day. And as you got a little bit older, we used to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And uh, certain members of the form, I'm not saying I was one of them, um, used to come up with different words for the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> the problem is, I was at school so far ago that you still got a ruler over your head, two fingers on the top, smashing the. because the teachers sort of were still able to do that. And so you sort of second guess a little bit of what it's going. So it's become parroted. It's become a tradition in the wrong sense. But I want to say, here's five things about the prayer. Number one, it expresses an ongoing relationship. We've sang it this morning. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Number two, it's an invitation for the right priority over our life, your kingdom come we are not talking here about realm geography we are talking about rule authority so into the hospital ward tomorrow into the office into that first new year's meeting with the sales manager he's only going to say one thing we want more (laughs) that's all he's going to say we want more all of those things that we have to navigate this next week your kingdom come your will be done Let me, Lord, respond with integrity, with honesty, with transparency. So we're in the church, and then the church takes the kingdom into our everyday lives. Your kingdom come. It reflects a dependency on the Lord. Give us today our daily bread. There are people, you know, around the world that are literally praying that prayer. Because the next meal is not guaranteed. I don't know whether you saw the news from the Democratic Republic of Congo last night, which was a lead uh, on the news. But desperate situations in, in a politically volatile context. But a daily dependence on God. One of the great things that pushes back on our relationship with God is self-sufficiency. Where I'm in charge and God isn't. But prayer submits to him. Prayer says, I'm dependent upon you, Lord. I need you every day in my life. Number four, it enables us to live in the power of forgiveness. You realize we could go to all of these things for the rest of the day. But I'm encouraging you to live in the power of forgiveness. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be open this morning to say that is a challenge to me, even in terms of some of my colleagues. I've had a tough two and a half years, two and a half years of trying to navigate a lead in our fellowship of the San of God. And there's been occasions where I wanted to kill some of them. you know. But, but uh, I use that word metaphorically unless you want to, you know. But, well, maybe not. But anyway. But, but, and number five, it causes us to live in victory. We're all going to get tempted. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. It's when we open the door. As someone says regarding temptation, expect it, detect it, and reject it. And the more you're praying about temptation, the more you're going to bolt the door. The more you're going to say, I'm not having that. I know what you're trying to do, enemy, but I'm going to live in victory. I want to say, friends, we haven't got time this year for every one of us to be dealing with our sin issues all the time. We've got to, we've got to overcome. Yeah. We're, all, we're all going to get it wrong, but we've got to overcome. We've got to live in victory. That prayer will help you to do that. Now, pray with understanding. Pray with the Spirit. In other words, a language that God's not taught you. Pray in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Those of you who were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other languages in the autumn, keep developing it. Keep speaking. Sometimes I, I ain't got a cl- I, my spirit's heavy. I don't want to pray for. Pray in the spirit. Pray. It speaks to God. God. God's not an Englishman. He's okay. He invented all these languages. Pray with the Bible. Pray with the Bible. You've got a great prayer devotional every day, courtesy of uh, Sue Buckley's hard work. Use the Scriptures. Use the Bible to pray. Pray um, with with helps. Um, And I've tried to give a few away this this morning. Use the directory, use the prayer guide. And uh, going to First Tuesday, pray with others. In Matthew chapter 28, it says that when two or three agree, it shall be done. And in the original language, that word agree is where we get our word symphonia from. I don't know whether any of you like classical music or like to go to classic concerts But if you arrive 20, 30 minutes before the concert's starting, all you'll hear is... "Mm, mm, mm, mm." It sounds dreadful. But at 7.30, the maestro appears with his baton in his hand, taps the thing, and then you've got a beautiful harmonic sound. Agreement, agreement. Symphony. And it's good for us to pray on our own. It's good to find the secret place. It's good to do it in secret. But the Bible also teaches us about that public call to come together in the power of symphonia to touch the heavens and God to do something amazing. Now, just one final thing on prayer. Uh, If we could go uh, just there, it's three E's. Number one, an example. So, well, who's the example? Who's the example? Well, the great example, friends, is Jesus. 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 And uh, this year, this, uh, just this last week, you may have seen it on New Year's Day, uh, the American Space Agency, NASA, was celebrating uh, discovering the furthest object ever explored by man. It was the Ultima Ahula, 4 billion miles away. That's a four with 12 dots. It's backwards and forwards to skeggy a few times, you know. It's a, it's a long way. Four billion, not million, billion. They were jumping, they were hooting, they were hollowing. Little size of a peanut and then then the grainy... Well, you know, we're not too worried. We know it's there. I want to tell you, friends, that the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 that Jesus, in him, Jesus, all these things hold together. As a hymn writer wrote, um, uh, regarding Jesus, he had the hands that flung stars into space. I said to the, I I was speaking to NASA as I was watching the news. I said, four billion miles. You better keep going, guys, because there's a lot more out there. All placed in the right place by the Lord Jesus in his creative power. But in his humanity for 33 years on the earth, what did he do? He prayed. He prayed right at the end in the garden he says lord if it's possible let this cup pass from me but not my will yours be done he did it as an example for us if jesus holding all things together in his humanity on the earth needed to pray he's simply saying friends we need to as well number two an expectance going back to the text when you pray not if there's an expectance that we'll pray. And number three, an encouragement, an encouragement. Luke 18, one says that men should always pray and never give up. Here's a quote for you. The march of the praying church is mighty. Prayers are irresistible to heaven, unquenchable to the flesh, unstoppable to the devil. Demons flee, destiny is secured, hell is plundered. Pray church, pray. And then briefly, fasting. Here's a definition for fasting. Fasting is the voluntary absence from food or some other habit, I'll come to that in a moment, for the purpose of concentrated prayer. Now, please read the prayer booklets, but the encouragement of Arena Church over these next 21 days is that within that, and people will navigate it in all sorts of ways, we're not going to be asking anybody how they're navigating it, but if you can find some time in that to engage in the spiritual principle of fasting, then I know that God will bless you. Don't do it with fear, don't do it with a uh, 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 foreboding, but do it in faith, do it as unto the Lord. What I do know is I'm absolutely confident that, that some time of every hour during the next 21 days, at least one person in the arena is going to be fasting, which is awesome. Now again, an, an expectance because in chapter 6 and verse 16, it says, when you fast. I said to David just this week as we were chatting, I don't want to use it as a regret, but as I look back on ministry, one of the things that I would like to have done more is this, is this. Yeah. Of course, it, it wrestles with everything of the flesh. Yeah. You know. It really does. But when we do it, when we do it. Now in the booklets, all the caveats are there. If you've got a medical condition, be wise. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a heavy duty job where you're burning five, 6,000 calories a day, more than most, be wise. Yeah, yeah. If you come from a non-Christian family, fast. it. <laughs> Tell that Phil Pye to get on the phone to me. <laughs> be wise. Yeah, yeah. Be wise. Yeah. Good, be wise. It's all in there, okay? We're not asking anybody to do something silly, stupid, that will compromise health, relationships, or anything. Be wise in what you do. I love Lisa Bevere's quote on fasting, because fasting, friends, is not a diet. It's not self-help. It's not a detox program. But Lisa Bevere says, a diet may change the way you look, but a fast will change who you are. Ooh. And, uh, Lisa looks great as well. I mean, if you have seen Lisa Bevere, she just, you know, but she's on about the internal world. And uh, that's what it's all about. Now then, um, you say, well, I, I, you know, I want to fast from social media, you know. And it may be there's a health issue. It may be all sorts of the circumstances. So it's not a fast from food. It's a fast from something else. Listen to this little story I came across. So there's a teacher in a classroom quite recently of seven-year-olds, the teacher says to the kids, kids, can you come up with any idea of something you wish had never been invented? An interesting question. This little seven-year-old girl responded to the teacher and says, miss, I wish that the mobile phone had never been invented. Teacher says to the little girl, why is that? The little girl says, because my parents are always on their phone and they never speak to me. Ooh. Ten years ago, 17% of the UK population had a smartphone. Now it's 75%. And the analysts tell us that adults in this nation spend 24 hours a week online. That's a day. I know some of you at 1.30 in the morning with that thing, you know, and if you're that those pearls right now, you're going to get... you know. You've got to work it out for yourself, but maybe we ought to be talking to each other a little bit more. <laughs> maybe there's a parent here and you've just got to, Ooh, yeah. I need to be speaking to my kids a little bit more. Yeah, you know. And here's six things regarding fasting. As we come to a close. So here's some reasons to fast number one seeking direction and bear in mind the judges we don't have time to open it up but they'd had two defeats and then they got before God and were really serious and he gave them the strategy number two repentance Jonah and the city of Nineveh number three a concern for God's work Nehemiah the broken walls he mourned he wept he prayed and he fasted and God gave him an amazing leadership vision Number four, the leading of God's Holy Spirit. The elders in the church of Antioch were praying and fasting and worshipping the Lord and the Spirit of God separated unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have given them. And it was the prelude to the first missionary journey. Churches planted, souls saved, miracles, prayer, deliverances, all came from that. Number five, to humble oneself. We're all more proud than we think. You know, so in my relationship with God, if I go walking, if I am out exercising, I never have anything on my ears. I think it's a travesty. Somebody walking through the Derbyshire countryside with headphones on. I'm sorry, I'm just going to get it out there. You know, you got to listen, listen to the birds, listen to the rustle of the trees. And one of the things I do when I'm on my own doing those things is I listen to myself. I don't always like what I hear because God's saying and we need to come again and again and say God it's just all about you it's just all about yeah, and number number six power over evil because Jesus delivers a, a demoniac young boy and the disciples said why couldn't we do this so the King James version says because this only comes out with prayer and fasting whoa so there we go I'm coming to a close and uh, my close is this. I've got one final slide. Now I'm no bo- uh, student of boxing. It looks like it looks like a tough profession to me. <laughs> I, I'm no student of boxing. Uh, but what I do understand is the power of combination punching. See if I'm there just going, but if I give up, ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I was just flicking through the telly yesterday. I was watching that, uh, that uh, 15 minutes, that, that incredible fight the other week with the Irish guy whose who's name's gone from me. Wow, what, a, what they were incredible. Absolutely incredible. Threw arms around each other after 12 rounds. And just, just incredible. But as I say, I don't know a lot about boxing, but I do understand the power of combination punching. And here's the final slide for you today. Because most of the time, we pray. Great. But on occasions, we pray and fast. It's a combination punch to the heavens that expresses a seriousness about this particular season of our journey. And some of you are praying over your family for salvation, for restoration, from being prodigals. You're praying over work. You're praying over provision. You're praying over the next generation. You're praying over protection. You're praying over healings, influence, open doors, and so it could go on. Ian Bounds, one of the great prophets of prayer in the history of time, says that, that God shapes the world by prayer. You know this morning I've not tried to philosophically answer the questions of prayer. I know they're out there, some of the whys, some of the ifs, some of the buts. I understand that. I've tried this morning, friends, by God's help, just to bring us a fresh lift to pray, to enter in just to see God. I understand all of that. God will help you. But God shapes the world by prayer. And here's the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, uh, no mind has perceived or uh, understood that what God has prepared for those that love him. And here's my three statements. I'm applying them to me. I want to apply them to you, over this next season of the spiritual life of Arena Church. That our prayers and our commitments, where appropriate to fast, will realize that will will work out to be more impacting than you realize, and me will be more lasting than we see, and will be more reaching than we comprehend arena church in the spirit of togetherness can i just encourage us afresh not to forget but to commit where we can as we are where we are in our spiritual journey to enter again into the expected disciplines of jesus to pray and fast let's pray let's pray